0: Greetings, adventures, and welcome to GNGG Cast.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Good Night and Good Game, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week is our producer, Tony. Hey. And our co-host, Hector. Hello. Our main topic this week is about the Netflix Castlevania series, from its origins to where it finished. We know that it just came out, so we're going to try and keep it light on spoilers. But before we talk about all things Castlevania, we have all the news that's fit to discuss. And before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. Our patron-exclusive episode about the Final Fantasy VII Remake is currently available to listen to there. With all the introductions out of the way, it's time for The Prelude. Prelude! Alright, this is The Prelude. This is what we've been doing with ourselves this week. What we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time. Uh, Tony, are you ready?
2: Yeah, um, I watched uh, Voyagers um that's a movie that came out it's been like so, you, so not a star trek it, no it's not about a star trek it's it's just lord of the flies okay it's a bad re- is that the
0: netflix movie no it's still?
2: it's the what you'll see it on an amazon so they want you to rent it it was okay. supposed to be in theaters it's shitty fucking lord of the flies with okay. fucking uh, that uh, that sh- uh, um the first throwy daredevil villain fucking what's oh, the guy who played kingpin yeah, no, not Kingpin.
0: But wait, Colin Farrell? Yeah, Colin. Farrell. oh, okay. oh, yeah. oh we're going back, back. Yeah, okay. yeah, wow. All right. <laughs> I said the first one. Yeah, the first throw. I forget
2: out. that one exists. Yeah. I <laughs> We <gonna> all <laughs> figured out what I was talking about. The, by only using reason, none of the, the only reason I know who
0: you were talking about because it always made me laugh that that was Colin Farrell. Yeah, with the fucking
2: scar. I cannot bullseye, bullseye. Yeah, there we go. Bullseye, because
0: like his character was the absolute best part of that movie because of how chewing the scenery on like every. I felt like he was playing that character, but. But all the while doing his best like Jim Carrey acting impersonation, it was just extra. I honestly kind of need so to go back extra. and watch Daredevil again just uh, for... Yeah, but you you're that... going to watch a lot of bullshit, though. Maybe yeah. maybe I
2: can, I'll edit Colin Farrell's parts together for y'all yeah. and I'll just be a Colin Farrell cut. Yeah, though,
0: that'd be great because then you don't have to wonder why Daredevil is assaulting a random woman in a children's playground. <laughs> Because
2: it's Electra. That's that, how that that that's why. That blind man attacking that woman.
0: Why does she have a side? What the? <laughs> all fuck? right, it's a very silly.
2: Is there anything you, else go there. you did
1: this week, Tony? I know that we have one for all of us to talk yeah. about. But
2: um, I started re- watching Utopia again, and oh, John God, Cusack. Yes. It's cute. Um, the actually, the original BBC series is now on Amazon. I was going to go back and
1: watch that after watch
0: that one. Because okay.
1: the, the the one with John Cusack got canceled, right?
0: I believe it is not being continued. Then again, the second yeah. one was canceled after two seasons as well. Okay. Why? I, probably just viewership. Okay, it's I a really weird sci-fi show. So what's, I feel like yeah. you would love the original. Yeah,
1: yeah. And we've discussed it previously on the show. It's this kind of world where, like... Superheroes exist, right?
0: So the 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 main plot that you'll get from the first episode, because anything beyond that's insane and uh, also a spoiler. But the main idea is that somebody has a comic book mm-hmm. that is predicting the future, mm-hmm. and they're reading through it and extrapolating out and going, "We need to prevent this thing that happens at the end." Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like government espionage and all okay. kinds of other shit involved. It gets it gets really deep really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't can't speak to the new one except that I read the reviews that it didn't compare to the original so I didn't bother because okay. the original is a love of mine it's one of those shows that you know you'll never get back because it was canceled and the actors have all moved on and the yeah. people mm-hmm. have all moved on it's a very it's, it's like the, per- the, it's the, a very the British season the firefly Yeah I was going to say British firefly at that point Yeah because like you'll never get it back you'll never recapture that but that show is one of the most beautifully shot TV shows I've ever seen, especially for when it came out. Okay. Like, you're talking about a show that looks like all of the best-looking shows you've ever seen on HBO, like cinematography, color grading, everything, where you're just looking at shots and going, God damn. But it was on the BBC, like, I don't know, a decade ago or something. Yeah, it was
2: quite a while ago. But now that one is now on Amazon. Yeah. I'm watching the John Cusack one. mm -hmm. And the only reason I started watching that one was because... Igor is now mm-hmm. streaming. I never watched it when it came out in like 2008. Oh. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to watch this really cute movie about the, the monsters and stuff. Yeah. And John Cusack's the lead. I will, I
1: will watch anything that John Cusack yeah, is. So
2: oh, he, since he was playing. Igor is like, mm-hmm. Oh, I just want more of that. So I was like, fuck, it, I'll put on utopia again mm-hmm. afterwards. But I want well, to go back and watch the original. Let yeah.
0: me know how the new one is. I just haven't been able I, to get to watch it. I've,
2: I've enjoyed it. This will be my second time watching, it, actually. So, I've yeah. been
0: mad that I couldn't stream the original anywhere for a very long time. So if now that's on Amazon, I'm going to start a watch through tonight.
1: <laughs> nice. All very right. nice. Anything else, honey? Uh, no, the next stuff is about Spiral. So. Oh, right. We'll get there. <laughs> cool. Hector?
0: So my two things that aren't Spiral is... um. I started playing a Giant Vampire Mom Simulator.
1: Yeah, how is it? Yeah,
0: and it's awesome. I got to say, it certainly doesn't have, and I'm not anywhere near done with it. Um, I think I'm about six hours in. I haven't been able to play it too much this last week. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm having a great time. It's a lot of fun. It's still scary in a lot of really great ways, but it doesn't have that oh god, oh god, oh god factor that I got from the first one a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, from Resident Evil Seven. Yeah, from RE Seven, there was so much like, gotta get the fuck out, gotta get the fuck out, get me out of here. And yeah. this one, <laughs> much more feeling
2: of being trapped in a mm-hmm. scary or, yeah, place, just, crazy just a retinets. horrible place you don't want to be
0: in. <laughs> so, so, so
1: I haven't played it myself, but uh, people mm-hmm. seem to be making this comparison online that Resident Evil um, Seven to Resident Evil Eight mm-hmm. is Resident Evil Two to Resident Evil uh, Four.
0: I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's, the change uh, in
1: the way that the mm-hmm. characters are shown, the way that the story yeah. is handled.
0: There's a greater emphasis on action, um, but it's not like overblown. You don't feel. I, I certainly don't feel overpowered. Mm-hmm. Um, Have
1: you been spending a lot of quality time with a giant vampire mom?
0: Yes. Good. Uh, yes. I- have because she won't stop chasing me around the fucking castle. Did you love every minute of it. I love every minute of it. And (laughs) yeah, like her daughters will show up and one will bite me on the neck. And I'm like, Oh, I'll do it again. (laughs) And you know, then I I keep running away and you know, then, you know, the game wants me to fight back. And I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to harm this.
2: (laughs) You're in their house.
0: I am in their house. Shame on me. Right. Yes. But I I have to say compared to the RE seven house, massive upgrade. Yeah. Like this castle is gorgeous. Gorgeous. Every detail on every wall is amazing. Mm. I got to a point in the game where I had to leave the castle mm. and I was act and I realized walking out the door, like, oh no, when do I get to go back? Nice. Like, I I was actually sad that I was going out into the village with like snow and like dilapidated buildings. I was Mm -hmm. like, the castle was so pretty. Mm -hmm. And it had really interesting puzzles. And I I keep using it in the past tense. I'll probably end up back in there at some point. Mm -hmm. But man, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Great game. Yeah. Another thing I did is I started watching the uh Shutter original a discovery of witches.
1: Oh, yes, more shutters. Let's yes, do that. I believe We cannot talk up this channel enough. Yeah,
0: I believe it is Shutter please sponsor us. Oh, yeah. Shutter is amazing by the way. And I there's finally an app on my uh, shield so oh, I nice. can just like go and like grab it. And it uh, I showed you guys what it does on my phone. When you start up Shutter on your phone, it does this funny little um uh, almost like VHS like static tape mm-hmm. uh, thing effect before it takes you into the menu. It's a cute little like, lol, we're the horror channel. This well, a load screen, yeah, that's yeah. It's a load screen and it's cute instead of a little bar. Well, the one on the um, uh, the, the the one on my shield has like a sound effect and it's kind really? of really, like, yeah. It, it, That's it's cool. great. I'm looking love forward it. to it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. But anyway, the show was very interesting. Apparently, it is also available to stream on one other platform, which is like Sundance Now. Okay, yeah, it was. Kind of, I think they bought it together. Oh, right. So, so
1: one of the things about Shudder, um, and again, please sponsor us because yeah. I just love your station because it's like great. seriously, um. Shudder uh, as a channel has been going to things like Sundance mm-hmm. and buying up horror films and horror series before Netflix and Amazon and Hulu can. Like they want to be the destination source for all things horror. Mm-hmm. And again, they're like five bucks a month. Yeah. So, like, it's like ridiculous. Yeah,
0: it's an amazing thing. One one other cool thing about Shudder I noticed when I watch The Discovery of Witches, which I do recommend. I'll get to that. It's mm-hmm. a good show. I recommend it. I can't really tell you much about it because I've only seen one episode, but it's about witches and vampires and it, it, it's cool.
1: It's all, all fun things supernatural.
0: All fun things supernatural. It's set in modern times. The main character is a modern day PhD who actually studies old alchemy and mm-hmm. just happens to be a witch and doesn't really want to be. Cool oh. story. Um, but uh, Shudder has this thing that I haven't seen from a lot of other streaming services that they call Shudder TV. Mm-hmm. So far, I've seen three different channels that are just movies that are playing and it's really? like and it's like a rotation of movies it's like here's this kind of movie and here's this kind of movie and here's this kind of movie and they're all just playing and when you like pop open the channel you might just you know pop in it's the like you're watching the actual like, it's like station you, it's, it's like you just flip to a horror movie on TV and there was something really nice about it that mm-hmm. I realized if I ever cannot find anything to watch I will go see what's on I love that I did that with it's,
2: the Plex uh, whenever mm-hmm. they did the most recent up they, they had like channels well, all apparently of a sudden apparently and a I jumped book into book one of the horror series, channel movies so. oh, yeah. oh, just
0: Oh, yeah. Is a uh, book
1: yeah that's a uh, chat saying that it's a book series. Cool.
2: Yes. And, and did the, uh, I, kind of miss the idea of jumping into a TV channel mm-hmm. and like just choosing something. Netflix recently had the just play something yeah, button. Just play something. And that's kind of their answer to it because they know people just sit there and we are I mean, I, for I,
1: I will you say know? I don't miss having cable TV. I, I, I love they're, my apps that miss. I pay for, all that. But you know what? There was something really nice about it being the middle of the day on a Sunday and you can't find anything to watch. And guaranteed Shawshank Redemption is playing somewhere. Oh, yeah. And you're just like, yeah, I'll watch Shawshank Redemption for the hundredth time. Yeah. That's fine. And, and
0: I think maybe that was what shutter was tapping into right because most people will like could put on the sci-fi channel at any given time of day and just catch like mosquito four and be like well i've seen mosquito four 12 times this year but you know it's on fuck so. it. it's the fuck it's it it's on button yeah, like, yeah we need
1: a fuck it it's on button because
0: mm-hmm. like i mean I ne- Net- Netflix. netflix
1: did <laughs> just randomly add the play anything button
0: right and i like that but there's also the i, I think the the conflict that Netflix has is that starting a new thing feels like an investment, even if you don't pick it. That's true. So it's really easy to be like five minutes in. I don't care' I'm out. Yeah. Whereas if you land in the middle of a movie you've seen a hundred times, you're probably in.
1: That is true. No. And speaking of movies, we all went to the movies. We went to the week. movies. We actually went outdoors and went to the movies.
0: Yeah, we're all vaccinated. We what? did it the right way. We went to a theater that was practicing social distancing. We were very careful. We went on a fucking Monday. We went on a Monday. Yeah. There were like four other people in the theater, yeah. I think. Yeah. So we went
1: to the Alamo Draft House and we all watched the new Saw movie, Spiral. Spiral. From the Book of
0: Saw. From the Book of Saw. Yeah.
1: So we should talk about it. Yeah, that was, um, if I, right,
2: so I'm going to start off with, I generally like the Saw movies. Yep. Even whenever they're awful, they're still enjoyable. That's true. Mm-hmm. And there are highs and lows to the entire series. There are some that are just too gory. There are some that are just too, what the fuck, why is the, what the plot line yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, who wrote this? This one falls under the, uh, well, they did a lot of time for character development and not a time making fun killing things, I guess. Mm, yeah. That so was... Cause so, they didn't really have a lot I would of say of, the, the, we, in my opinion, can the
1: rundown, if you've watched other saw movies and I got this question a lot when I told people that I went and saw it, they're like, tell me about these specific story beats, not plot wise, but mm-hmm. like, how were the traps? Yeah. I'm like, the traps were yeah, okay. They were okay. They were okay. How was the plot? Plot was, it was okay. I,
0: Callbacks back to earlier a,
1: movie.
0: Yeah, I'd call it for a Saw movie. Given the average Saw movie, I'd call it a better than average plot for a Saw movie.
1: Yes, the only thing that I had trouble with was we had a, a fantabulous group of actors,
0: wonderful cast,
1: but doing we, their we, we had you know Samuel L. Jackson in, in this role as the um, as the father figure, and he obviously kills the
2: detective in the as the from oh, I can't remember which. Reginald saw movie <laughs> the, the One reprising his character
1: yeah and so there's all these callbacks and throwbacks that are amazing but then you have chris rock as an actor who which i've always respected chris rock but when you see him in something like uh rush hour where he's just like himself like it feels or, or or, or, or. Christ, i was oh fuck uh, are you probably talking about um, the, like lethal weapon Three? Uh, you no know, uh, that, that wasn't was Lethal Eddie weapon Murphy? I forget. No. no, that was Chris Rock. Yeah, yeah it was Chris, was Chris Rock. Rock. Yeah, like, when you see him something like that, he, he's very natural. He is himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets to be very vibrant and really yes. takes center stage. And when you have something like Book of Saw, um, the character that he's given is a very serious character. Mm-hmm. And it felt at times very stilted. It felt very... Um, I was reading from the script and not like in a good way. Yeah. Like you need to give Chris Rock room to breathe and really...
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe I just don't feel that you can actually pull off that emotional depth
0: he
1: can or maybe he just you, wasn't feeling it for neither
0: of you have seen the fourth season of Fargo right that's
1: what you were telling me is that Fargo he's an amazing the actor the fourth
0: season of Fargo has Chris Rock in a very serious role much more serious than this one yeah not only that but in this movie he was still doing Chris Rock jokes as a serious character right he was just a funny super serious guy yeah I mean the opening of the movie is him doing a little monologue and it's pretty funny mm-hmm. even though it's a pretty serious Serious scene it's Mm -hmm. a little bit of contrast you're like ah it's a good chris rock joke but anyway but fargo season four he's a very serious character and that is where i learned to respect him as an actor because he's amazing in it maybe because he never tells any jokes
1: and Mm. that's the thing is that is that i don't need him to tell jokes for me to for him to sound natural Mm. it's just there were times where he was delivering lines of dialogue where it felt like he had the script hanging in front of him, and he was literally reading the lines. And I'm like, yeah. I know you're better than this, though. Mm-hmm. Like, and it becomes most apparent when he has to play off somebody like Samuel L. Jackson because Samuel yeah. L. Jackson just slips into his role so naturally,
0: effortlessly. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: yeah it's like I, I immediately he was the detective and the father. Like he, he, yeah, he was all of he, it. His character again immediately was like, yes. <laughs> that being but said, maybe,
0: maybe he just <laughs> couldn't bring himself to play. A I know that man. I know that we're being
1: harsh. I know that we're being harsh, but that being said. I didn't have a bad time with the movie. No, no, no. I had a great time. Like it, every it was still Yeah. On.
0: It was a perfectly fine Saw movie. I wish there had been more kills, more traps. Yep. And um I don't know. There was th- th- there's this little point I have because I'm a big fan of the Saw movies as a fan of uh <laughs> I I gave this example to someone at work the other day. If any of you, and if you haven't looked this up on YouTube, uh, there's an old Japanese learning show called The Pythagoras Switch where people make Rube Goldberg projects. And it's not about the people at all. You never see a human face. Mm. But it is just Rube Goldberg projects where you get a ball from one end of the table to the other Mm. with switches and levers and fans and weights and magnets. I love this. And it's amazing. Look it up. But I love that shit, and I used to watch hours of it because it was all over YouTube back before YouTube had, like, regulations and shit. Yeah. But anyway... All, all, loving that is the same reason I love Saw movies because the traps are just these awesome machines and I'm standing there going, how would that work? Oh, they show how that works. Yeah. Oh, that's a cool machine. Oh, I just crushed that guy's face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just, I don't know. There's something that makes me really giddy about all the engineering and there just wasn't enough of it in this one for me. Yeah,
2: I have a problem with the plot line. I get that we're changing who the bad guy is and because new bad guy equals new engineering mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. and that's something we have discussed in the previous yeah. films. Um, you have to go with the, how smart is the person mm-hmm. making these traps? How physically able are they to make them? Mm. Um, This movie did not show me a guy, or sorry, that kind of ruins part of it. Obviously, it's a guy. <laughs> uh, a, a killer that um knew how, had a high level of engineering. Right. And also from a storytelling point of view, the director really showed us who the bad guy was very much through the entire fucking movie if you really mm. sit down like you it shows you in like at least all these little all those yeah. cutaway shots are not cutaway shots they're literally the background plot of the movie you just go oh it's that and that okay cool now i get this right. it's yeah. the f- easiest this is the easiest saw movie to fucking figure out yeah right
1: <laughs> all right that's everything that we've got for the prelude this week we're gonna take a small break and we come back we'll be going into our new segment in the weekly raid weekly raid hey everyone welcome back to the show this is the weekly raid our news roundup for the week i want to kick things off with a little bit of horror news because it's may and i just miss halloween Mm -hmm. so first up the cheerleading movie franchise bring it on is going to be getting a sci-fi original movie called bring it on halloween yes it's going to be a horror title the pitch Held down by restrictive rules, an embattled cheerleading squad seeks the freedom of a creepy closed school gym to practice for regionals. But when members of the squad start to disappear, the cheerleaders must unmask their assailant to save themselves.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. There's a way cooler plot line where they're going into an abandoned gym and they do a fucking, like... Their dance is accidentally a satanic summoning <laughs> ritual, and they unleash fucking demons from hell. That's the fucking sci-fi. Give me shartnado demons was, from
0: hell. That's that's ju- that was Tysperia. You just you just <laughs> described Suspiria. Yeah, but
2: now it's with Bring It On.
1: This sounds fantastic.
0: That's I'm a terrible super- thing
2: to I, do I, with
1: Never never in my life have I ever uttered the words. I'm looking forward to a Bring It On movie. I am absolutely looking forward
2: to a Bring know, It On movie. The first Bring movie. It On was fun. And Bring It On 2 was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I kind of I, I dropped out after the first one. Yeah, movie.
0: The, the, the other two were the same as the sequels to a bunch of movies that shouldn't have gotten sequels. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I love the first Bring It On movie. I thought it was pretty great. It has some baggage because it was made a little while ago, but for the most part, it was pretty respectful.
1: Mm-hmm. Next up in our Halloween-themed Good opening section, us. if you loved the 1993 film Hocus Pocus, you're in luck. Hocus Pocus 2 is a thing that is indeed happening. It's going to air in the fall of 2022, and the original cast is returning. In it, the Sanderson sisters will be brought to modern-day Salem.
2: And this is being done by Disney?
1: Yep, it will air on Disney+. Plus.
2: Okay. Well, they they they'd have a good enough um, respect for their properties to probably not make this a pile of shit.
0: I if I mean, they do a good job, but I yeah. think Sarah Jessica Parker now is older than Bette Midler was then. <laughs> yeah. Like... I don't know. I mean, I, it, it, I, I'm in. I like, think
1: they're gonna bring the same level of energy to this movie than they did the original.
0: I hope the original. they bring the Yeah, the same level of like comedy oh, Sarah and Jessica just Parker's joy goods in that movie were like. <laughs>
2: Uh, I mean dude I was the right age is like those are just wow
1: <laughs> she did it was a very influential movie for she, you
2: she
0: did a great job doing that like, like the whole like bouncing
2: around and being a diss yeah, the,
0: yeah. The, the you know the, the, the being 20 looking 21 and acting 14 thing yeah. like yeah. The, 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 the cute one
1: I was really blown away this news actually just hit today and I was like wow they're actually going to do it and the fact they said yeah everybody's on board we're gonna throw that Disney Plus money at it and we're just gonna fucking do it I'm yeah. like you just tick I, Like, I remember even just a couple of years ago going to like the Spirit Halloween store, and they have an entire section dedicated to Hocus Pocus. And I'm like, how big is the fan base for that still, though? Huge. Right? But I apparently, it's, it's a big deal. I, I think I think it. We were the first bigger.
2: generation that got it. And every, ever since then, every kid to now watches that movie for Halloween. Yeah. I think so, yeah. It's the
1: biggest Halloween movie basically. We can
0: finally fix the weird puppet cat face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe we could do
1: that. Now, it's no secret that the filming of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre was absolutely brutal. From the hours spent filming to the hot Texas sun that they had to contend with. um, Actually, all these stories were collected into a book that was called Chainsaw Confidential, How We Made the World's Most Notorious Horror Movie back in 2013. Well, that book is now going to be adapted into, all, of all things, a dark comedy. Okay. So you're essentially getting like the making of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it's a dark comedy. Are
0: we. T- so this is a show, a movie? This,
1: the, the book is what came out in 2013. Yes, but right. recount, uh, no, like they are turning then, it the into a The book was an actual recount of what happened the
0: a movie. Yeah. Okay. That is, they are trying to shoot Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And things are a dark comedy. Yes. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I, I'm always down for a movie about making movies. Um, who's literally is, always. Who's doing
2: this? Because um, if this is done by anybody that did Veep or um, <laughs> I also watched um, uh, Death of Stalin for the first time. Oh, that's a good one. Fucking hell, that movie is so funny, especially the ending di- the ending
1: uh, text whenever you're like, ha,
2: ha, ha, this is all real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was
1: really weird to me to kind of read all of this because I was like, wait a second, so you're taking something that actually happened but then we're just going to kind of like fictionalize it a little bit and like make it into a dark comedy. Like I'm on board. This sounds is exciting. Yeah. And this, this sounds literally like my shit. Mm-hmm. Like this is, I am 110% down with this. Now, if Halloween can't get here for you fast enough, you're in luck. Because we previously discussed that R.L. Stein's Fear Street books were going to be turned into a Netflix miniseries, but now we have more information about that.
0: A lot more information.
1: In fact,
2: three informations.
1: Every Friday for three weeks this July, there will be a new Fear Street movie appearing on the streaming service, and it starts on July 2nd. Uh, the book series, however, is rated PG. These movies are rated R. They've said that. like they, they, These are mm-hmm. three R.L. Stein stories, but they are rated R.
0: Yeah, and remember, this is R.L. Stein like pre Goosebumps, if Mm -hmm. I remember correctly. Yeah, Fear Fear
1: Street were the books that I remember. It was supposed to be
0: for um, the
2: the 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 thirteen year old age. Mm -hmm. Yep. uh, Because Goosebumps was meant to be for like ten beginning readers. Yeah, Yeah. and and it was supposed to be the tweens going into the the young adult reading, or was more the yeah young Mm -hmm. adult section. That's what
1: I'm trying to. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but I,
1: how cool is this that essentially what Netflix is wanting to do with the Fear Street series is give us a new movie every Friday? Yeah. They're saying, it. like, sit down smart? and watch a movie with us for three weeks back to back. I
0: love that they did three horror movies in a series in July. Like, that is yeah, that that's is great. To me,
2: that's actually kind of the more interesting part is they decided to do this in mm-hmm. July. Yeah. Which is historically, those weekends are go the fuck to the movie theater weekends. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so here's what I'm wondering. Um, and... I. So what we've been doing for a lot of quarantine is getting together on Friday and just watching all of the shit we wanted to watch, yep. mm-hmm. right? I mm-hmm. wonder how- that many... comes out this Friday. Yeah, wow. So I was not expecting that. Yep. Um, so there's that. I wonder how many people have been doing that and if that is going to continue a trend in streaming, because a lot of services are dropping their shows on Friday. Yep. I mean, obviously Disney's doing it. Um, Amazon's doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hulu does it
1: they're creating a space where you get to the end of your work week you get together with your friends mm-hmm. and you say hey let's go watch invincible let's watch falcon and the winter soldier let's yeah. watch whatever has come out that week mm-hmm.
2: and thanks to various plugins and even the companies themselves making it where people can co-stream together oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. watch the same thing at the same time but mm-hmm. be in you know yeah. half, literally half the world away mm-hmm. it has been great i've thanks watched the- movies with a lot of other people mm-hmm. and that's been Awesome. Because I think I'm, about how far we come in streaming. Oh, yeah. Right.
1: So you have a great point, Tony, like think of how far we come in streaming where we've all said, Hey, why don't we share my Netflix password with you? And we'll hit play at the same time and mm. watch a movie together. Now it's just literally built into the app of like, you just, here's this URL. Yeah. yeah. And you can just share, share with your friends, with your
2: friends in your group chat. Everybody clicks on the thing. And then once somebody, everybody clicks play, you've yeah. now launched the movie. Yeah. And it's and fantastic.
1: It's no, it, there's this
0: uh, YouTuber who I watch who I think it's Thursday nights or Sunday nights, depending on his schedule, he will get on Twitch And play a movie from Amazon and you have to have an Amazon account to watch the movie, Hmm. but Twitch is integrated. You don't have to to pay for it. No, you don't have to pay for shit. It's a free movie to stream. He makes sure of it. Yeah. As long as you have like Amazon prime, which most people do, at least his audience does. So he'll have a thing and all you have to do is click, you know, you watch here with Amazon movie is 10 minutes in or whatever. And you click it and the movie starts and you're just watching it. And there's a chat, but up here at the top, is the streamer talking and you can it starts off muted but if you unmute he's just talking to everyone in chat like he does in God all the I would love videos. to do that it's Awesome. that sounds
1: like so much fun
0: because you just you know chat with him and chat and like if he sees your comment and wants to talk about it he does and usually he doesn't have like a huge following so it's usually him and like maybe 30 other people like watching the movie and him talking to like why are up. we not doing this it's i a love really this really good thing
1: i would be like hey guys you want to watch the fucking entire marvel series with us and we'll just talk to <laughs> the whole fucking thing yep. that sounds absolutely okay. fantastic
2: <laughs> I mean, I mumble under my breath constantly. Well, I mean, but I mean, if
1: we're doing a rewatch, though, yeah, no, re-watch a is, I we watch a joke of we that
0: absolutely movie. clown on that movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, in vampire news, Warner Brothers has decided that they want to remake the Tony Scott 1983 vampire classic The Hunger, which starred David Bowie and Susan Sarandon. Could we not? I'm glad that somebody else on the panel has an opinion about this. I don't know if you've ever seen this, Hector. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. My mom is actually the one who got me into it. She Which sat do me mean? down. It's called The Hunger. Nope. It's yeah. from 1983. It is a very weird take on vampires. Um, yeah. They can't. Oh, yeah. they yeah. They, they, mm-hmm. they can, they're immortal, but they do age. So at some point, they essentially become mummies. Okay. The Susan Sarandon character is trying to find a way to cure that using science. Uh, David Bowie is her newest lover that she's trying to like keep in like the form that he's in because he's David fucking Bowie. Yeah, Um, they don't have fangs; they actually use um, onks that have blades on them to cut and drain from people. Okay, Um, it's one of my favorite like movies of all time but it's a very much a cult movie not a not a ton of people have seen it it's
0: one of those weird Um, interesting takes it is it it is a
1: very fascinating movie and i highly recommend it to anybody but it's not one of those that i can just be like hey go check out this weird vampire movie because it breaks all the rules of vampire movies yeah um but them going and wanting to remake it was one of those that i was just like i'm not trying to like be that person who says don't remake things but like
0: maybe don't remake that one so here's the
2: I'm honestly just tired of you fucking remaking everything because think of original fucking ideas for once perhaps I, I know for
0: me it's just like I mean
1: it's based off a book so like technically it's yeah and
0: all, all of the look all of the fantasy stuff is super popular right now and along with all of the Marvel stuff and the superhero stuff all the fantasy stuff and magic stuff is super popular too right mm. we're seeing a lot of it especially in streaming so they're like Oh, well let's bring back a weird vampire story. I get the impulse, but remaking a cult classic movie is a very, very hard thing to do correctly. Yeah, Usually you end up making someone everyone wants to forget about. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It very rarely happens. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like one of my favorite movies of all time, 13 ghosts, like mm-hmm. remaking that based off of the original movie. Even that was let's, let's be fair. Right. Right. But it, but it it so rarely happens in cinema when it comes to cult classes. In fact, the best example I have is a go-to, and I know that I'm biased here, of it being done right was Evil Dead. Mm, that's fair. Right? Evil Dead, they had several movies, and then we had an amazing director come in and say, I'm going to remake Evil Dead, and everybody went, Mm, Fanny Alvarez, I don't know about that. And then it happened, and we all went, Okay. And maybe this could be that. It maybe could this be. could be that.
0: So but it, it it helps if they try to apply like a slightly different tone to it. I've always been a fan of the remake of Texas Chainsaw with Arlie Erme and Jessica Beale. That was and good. I just thought it was a good version of the movie True. because it didn't try so hard to be it and it was more of a modern movie, some ways to its detriment, some days some ways very much to its advantage. Mm. But uh yeah, it's it's hard to do. That movie could have easily been shit. Like, the second t- Chainsaw Massacre movie and the third Chainsaw mm. Massacre movie, those movies mm. were shit.
2: I, I uh, did like the remake um, when it first came out. I remember mm-hmm. seeing it in theaters and being like,
1: hey, there's some really good stuff. I mean, don't me no, trust my movie. opinion. I thought the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street was good.
2: Yeah, no, I actually really liked that one, too. I don't think um, I saw that. Yeah, it was good. It, not everybody agrees. Uh, no, that,
1: it's, uh, it's a very mixed bag. Yeah, it, it, It's a hard thing to be scared of now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Freddy Krueger's
0: you know he's it's in, because
1: in, there. in the remake they much more humanize him and mm-hmm. he's also kind of a horrible person uh, whereas we didn't have a lot of that in the original movies. Um, we
0: were we were trying to yeah, it's humanize much more Freddy's backstory than yeah. it
1: was. That yeah. yeah that being said like if you have never seen The Hunger and I know that we give we throw out a lot of recommendations if you're into like really weird vampire fiction um, check out The Hunger like seriously David Bow- Bowie and Susan Sarandon like Oh, God, it's so beautiful. The music. I mean, it is peak 80s goth. Like, its it, it informed me as a young gothling. Like, my mom sat me down and said... Like I think my mom introduced me to Interview with the Vampire and I was like I love this and she was like so now we're going to watch The Hunger. And I was just enthralled with Bowie's performance, Renée's performance, the music, the everything. Like those movies contributed to me being like the little gothling that I was.
0: I don't know if I'm glad or sad that you started with Interview with the Vampire. Well, and I it's not I that I it's I a bad movie.
1: No, I didn't start with Interview with the Vampire. Oh, okay. I mean like I had a, a big history of horror prior to that. Okay. Um, but when I started kind of developing my goth phase, my mom Mom had taken me to see things like *The Crow* and mm. *Interview with the Vampire*. And I remember walking on interview, *Interview with the Vampire* having not read it. Read oh, the yeah. book. Mm-hmm. My mom, my, my mom had already read the books. Oh, She's okay. like, "Oh yeah, like I'm going to hand you the books. Go ahead and read those. But also, if you like that, those, let me show you something I love. And that's when she showed me *The Hunger*. And I was nice. like, "Oh man, this is this is real goth shit right here. Yes. This isn't like." Pretty sparkly vampires, which is the closest that Anne Rice had. They weren't sparkly, but like yeah, but yeah. they were definitely pretty boys.
0: Anne Rice is—I always thought it was just yaoi fanfic, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> it was—it was hers. She writes about rooms that people
1: fuck in. That is true. And now we leave the world of horror and Halloween, sadly. But it was announced this week that Warner Brothers is going to be working on an Injustice: Gods Among Us animated film.
0: Oh, I mean.
1: A Batgirl solo movie based on Barbara Gordon's Batgirl. That one has not been confirmed whether it's live action or animated.
0: So wait, Barb, is Barbara Gordon's Batgirl is... Uh, the comic. one
1: that eventually becomes Oracle because she gets yeah. her back broken.
0: Right, right. No, no, I know who the character is. I'm wondering if that's a comic or another character that we've seen in other... Uh, the well, we, we've
1: stuff. seen them in like uh, The the Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was the one who fucked Batman in The yeah. Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. Um, that horrible scene that should be redacted. <sighs> Um, but we don't know if this is going to be live action or not, but mm-hmm. she has had incarnations, okay. obviously. It, in fact, her, she, her, her key incarnation was the horrible Batman Forever. She was in that. Oh, yeah. Uh, or, sorry, Batman and Robin. Batman that was and one Robin, Robin yeah. was the one she You're was You're
2: talking in. about Alicia Silverstone, yes. one of the greatest mm-hmm. actresses of all time? Yes. I shut your whore mouth, then. <laughs>
1: um, and the <laughs> other Alicia, thing that they're going to be <laughs> doing is that Bruce Timm, J.J. Abrams, and Matt Reeves... <laughs> <laughs> are, uh, yeah. Bruce, him JJ Abrams and Matt Reeves are going to be working on a new Batman animated series uh, called Batman caped crusader for the cartoon network and HBO max. Cool. I, uh,
2: they is, already know that how well the Harley Quinn series is done and how well the, um, uh, the, the live action, um, the live action with the fucking monster, fucking Frankenstein, uh, steel dude. Doom Patrol.
1: Yeah, Doom Patrol.
2: There ah, we go. yes.
0: People
1: yeah. do like Doom There's Patrol. There's like... I'm glad, I'm glad that we're still on the same wavelength after all these years. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Hector picked up my all dogs go to heaven reference. Like I just mumbled under my breath the other day. Thank you. I loved it.
1: I love that movie. It it makes complete sense that HBO Max and Cartoon Network are wanting to dive into more Batman stuff. All this stuff sounds fantastic. Again, we don't know. know The ratings
2: are there with the stuff they've already been doing. And they know that there's an adult market for this. Oh, they absolutely. Yeah. So I'm
0: sure that ever since everyone started to get HBO Max for like the two shows they wanted it for. They were like, "Wait, all the DC animated stuff is on here?" Well, I am in I'm my thirties, but Quinn. let yeah. me check the. You see out. the uptick? Whoa, that was fucking <laughs> they've awesome! They've
1: seen the uptick in people watching things like Batman: The Animated Series. They've mm-hmm. seen the uptick in things like Harley Quinn. They've seen Batman Beyond get giant readings. In yep. fact, I was just told today that um, I had never seen it before, but I guess the original Teen Titans cartoon is on HBO Max. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so I'm like, well, so I guess it's I know they've it. They've got a lot there of DC stuff. I know I'm gonna there, have especially to, especially the animated stuff.
1: So yeah, all this sounds absolutely fantastic. So. The next one is going to be a, a good question for the panel here. Um, we did find out this week that Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania has started its pre-production. Cool. And it was announced that they were going to be using the same technology to make this movie as they use on The Mandalorian.
2: Okay.
1: Do we think this is going to be a standard thing going forward for Marvel uh, features?
2: Not for all of them, but on an individual level based on the director and the storytelling needs. Okay. The technology was developed kind of in-house for the disney marvel Mm -hmm. empire to use as they want it's the go back to the history of filmmaking studios used to have their literally their own studios that Mm -hmm. they i mean they still do paramount has the paramount lot these sections of warehouse that they own that places would go to because it was more than just a big empty space Mm -hmm. in some cases some places were better than other ones they offered better electricity or better backgrounds better fucking artisans this is Disney making that for them. Mm-hmm. This is them going, we have a new studio set up. Let people kind of come in here and play with this. You already saw Robert Rodriguez come in and start messing with it during Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. You're going to see more and more directors coming in and playing with this space. And I'm um, just
1: what for, for films, though, it's
2: going to be on a case by case basis.
1: I want to educate our audience a little bit, Tony, since you, you've really dug into some great things. Um, some of our audience may not understand what that the Mandalorian filming space means. Mm-hmm. Can we kind of dive into that a yeah. little bit? The bubble.
2: I can't think they
0: call it, right? Yeah, they call it the... um, I forget what they call it, and I just watched it. But the (laughs) thing is, yes, it is a uh, almost 360-degree circle and dome of full LED screens that that are all interconnected, and you can have display nearly whatever you want. They use game engine technology to... Specifically the
2: Unreal Engine
0: to make mm, whatever world. Right, right. they, They create environments and sets, and then they program it to the camera that they're walking around actually filming inside the space with. What this lets you do is it lets you create small sets on the floor and around the characters but everything behind them can be anything you want it to be. It can be a cityscape. It can be a hangar with other people working in the background because they're not in focus. They don't have to look photorealistic. So it can be literally anything. So actors no longer
1: actors no longer have to work against a green screen where they say pretend there's a mountainside behind right. you. It, it, they literally of, can it,
2: turn
0: around and see a mountainside behind them. Right, yeah. and it looks gorgeous. So they can look at the mountainside and be and invoke those feelings. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito was talking about it. When filming The Mandalorian, he says, normally there'd be a green screen and they'd say, look into the look over, uh, you know, over your left shoulder and marvel at the sunset. And he'd be like, "Okay, yeah, marveling at the sunset. But he's like, now there's the fucking sun and Mm -hmm. it's orange and it's lighting up my face and it's lighting up the space behind me. It's not a green screen and orange light shining up at me from below. And it makes acting much easier Mm -hmm. to answer your first question. It will be used a lot because it's better than building sets. It just is because cameras don't have to be adjusted. And so much of what we're filming these days isn't real shit. However, when we can film real shit, we will because it's probably cheaper and it's easier. Good case in point is... um, a lot of what they did for Captain Falcon Winter Soldier they did a lot of location shooting in that show Mm. and going to a city and being able to go alley to alley and you know follow people down alleys with a camera it's really hard to replicate that that is
1: true I was watching a video on YouTube this week uh, from one of the great video essays that we watch and she was talking about the movie 1917 which I have not seen oh wonderful Um, but I was really curious about it it's done done in one one shot right yeah one but literally every movie will be they 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 product. do use the air yeah. they but she dives into like how it was filmed and how they actually did the transitions between scene to scene and i was mm-hmm. like god i just the directing of this is not something you can just do in cg this all yeah. had to be done practically yeah, yeah.
0: and just with all kinds of crazy logistical magic they had going on yeah. they talk about how they had to the, the the dialogue can't be longer than the set. The scene can't be longer than the set, and the set can't be longer than the scene because they have to say their lines and act on beat, in beats, as they walk forward. Yeah. So... If everything isn't timed out correctly, it doesn't work. And if the trench they're walking through isn't exactly as long as it needs to be for them to finish their dialogue the way they're supposed to say it, the scene doesn't work. Because if they get to the end of that, they can't just like build more trench.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I think it's one of those things that, yeah, I I agree with both of you that we won't use the Mandalorian uh, Mm. camera setup for everything, but it seems like it's going to be useful in a lot of places, especially if your movie does a lot of heavy pre-production.
2: That's actually, so the idea that, the, the, the heavy pre-production is, isn't the case anymore. So whenever you're dealing this, the, the production of the film is actually the pre-production of it. When you are using something like the this new technology, I just keep calling it the bubble because that's the only way I can remember it. Sure. Mm-hmm. When you're using this bubble, you're doing everything as pre-production. You're getting literally the camera angles for the fights. You're having the actors have their moves already done in the digital space. You're essentially showing up on that day and going, "All right, you are filming this and this and this and this and this." You are done in a matter of hours instead yeah. of weeks. Yeah, it is so much faster because you're basically treating the filmmaking as a cartoon. Mm-hmm. You're having to do everything ahead of time and make the beats and the dialogue and everything function, and then you wait, get the actors to show up. Because the honestly, you can pre-viz. All of this stuff, which is where that
1: character gets its name in Star Wars. <laughs> okay, so let's jump into some silly fun stuff. Um, someone made a calculator the volume. app. The volume. The volume.
0: Ah, they call that's it what the you're volume.
1: looking at. So this, this week, someone made a calculator app for the Nintendo Switch, and they released it on the Switch store and charged a whopping $10 for a calculator application on the Switch the calculator for the Switch currently sits at a 9.1 out of 10 on the Metacritic store with users commenting saying that it is the absolute game of the year.
0: So remember when we were talking about how... (laughs) how, oh, you know, Sony has a lockdown studio and they might just sell some bullshit for no reason. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, Nintendo sold a $10 calculator. This was a Nintendo,
1: by the way. This was an outside developer that got his app approved for the Switch store <laughs> and all he made was a calculator and put it on there for 10 bucks and people bought it and people are reviewing it.
0: All right. I, I don't know how often you feel the need to use a calculator on your Switch
1: i don't know either but apparently that was a thing that happened i get, I get the
0: meme of what people were doing oh, this like is this. straight up
1: this is just a meme at
0: yeah, this point. yeah yeah like, for sure but like
1: come on there's i
2: just
0: feel I
1: like
2: there's hope, better things in the world
0: like, part of me really hoped that it was something else like if you type something into the calculator a game shows up or something i don't yes. know like eight-year-old showed up and like
1: type, type, typed boobs into it was when something happened. When you type into a calculator aside from boobs? Uh, hell, math that was one of the ones. Yeah. You do math words, words. Aside from Birds. the thing that it's used for <laughs> Hector.
0: But if I put in <laughs> pi to like 27 digits, does a game come out? Like...
1: <laughs> Alright, so we did say that when we made our changeover from the Surly Nerd to Good Night and Good Game, um, we would Definitely open ourselves up to having a little bit heavier discussions every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's time for us to kind of do that. We've been having a lot of fun this episode. So our next topic. So if you ask any Marvel Comics fan, they can tell you that in the comics, the character of the ancient one is at best problematic. The older incarnations of the character had a lot of very inexcusable themes built into him. Now, when the Doctor Strange movie was in the works, the decision was made to cast the Ancient One with Tilda Swinton in the role to move away from those cliches, those stereotypes, all of those things. Mm -hmm. However, this week, Kevin Feige, the boss of Marvel Studios, came out and says that he feels like in retrospect, while trying to avoid the problematic parts of the Ancient One, they ended up whitewashing him, so to speak, and he thinks that was a problem, too.
2: Yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, it is true. That's one of the biggest issues you'll have with the casting of Tilda Swinton. And they're kind of like, we get it, but also it's not. Yeah,
0: like, like far be it for me to say anything negative about Tilda Swinton. I think she did a fantastic job. She she absorbed that role just like she does every role she plays. That being said, I mean, they needed to find a Tibetan actor of like, correct. It's hard. It's, One of the it, things he said, really I, I don't
1: have all the quotes in here, but a lot of what he was talking about was we tried so hard to get away from the stereotypes that had been mm-hmm. written for so many years that we went in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And only in hindsight did we he go, fuck, we shouldn't have done Yeah, we, we overcorrect. Thank yeah. you, Johnny. You yeah, had it perfectly. And,
0: and I don't know exactly how to solve a problem like this because it's not really solvable without making everything correct and finding the correct actress. Uh, An example is that this is something I just watched recently about how they chose a black actress to play Rue in the Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. And a lot of there was a lot of backlash to that, not like enormous it wasn't twilight or anything but a lot of people were like why is drew black oh my god i didn't expect that why are they just PCing this character and i haven't read the books then but... a lot of people pointed out in the book the yeah. character is definitely black yeah okay there's definitely black the other people pointed out well yes you made the character wrong still that this is this young actress who did a great job mm-hmm. is of mixed race she's actually not black enough to be this character hmm. so you fucking did it again okay and this is where we run into problems of you know and there are a lot of actors of every type of nationality and if we can just do a better job of finding the correct ones and we'll do great but i don't i don't i don't know how to get around that problem well it's a very because difficult a sudden, issue because
1: one of the things that actually happened this week that i didn't have in the notes was there was a voice uh actor um, that I do not have the name off, off the top of my head mm-hmm. because I put it put on my notes um, stepped back from their role that they had in the upcoming Guilty Gear game mm-hmm. uh, because it was a white actor who was portraying a black character and mm-hmm. said I am not comfortable with this a black actor should be in this role mm-hmm. and that's a huge fucking deal like a, yes. a voice actor said like hey I'm going to take a step back and like I feel like this role should be represented properly and that's mm-hmm. that's important a lot of
2: changes about with that with the animation last year mm-hmm. finally yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But, I mean, when we talk about things like the Ancient One, I can see where Kevin Feige is coming from. And I'm not trying to defend their decision. But what I'm saying is that the fact that he was willing to open up and have a discourse about this and say, Mm -hmm. look, we were so worried about the fact this character was pretty racist in the comics. Yeah. We just overcorrected. Like, that's, that's at least something to to yeah acknowledging where
0: we make our mistakes is really important and I'm glad Marvel is capable of it it's not a thing Disney as as a whole often does is go oh shit we were wrong lately they've been doing a lot better job of it but mostly about their older older stuff where it's just blindingly obvious you need to stop fucking doing that Um, this I think is a good thing and we're not going to get it all correct even with the next every movie that we see um, mm. but the the point is, I think right now that we're trying, and we just got to keep trying harder.
2: Mm-hmm, that's true. Yeah. Do you I, have the I there was a great episode of Big Mouth that addressed the changing of a actor from. Uh, a a white actress to a black actress. Mm -hmm. In fact, the entire story is about a mixed race girl um, growing up and puberty happening because it's big mouth and it's about puberty and it's really good show. Mm -hmm. People just don't give it enough credit because it's got a lot of dick and fart jokes in it yeah, (laughs) Um, and a lot of gross stuff, but there's a really great storyline about uh, Missy Um, whose original actress was is white. And I do believe now is being voiced by a black actress and how the character had to kind of understand that she is of mixed race and she can't be of both uh, one. She has to be in both worlds Mm -hmm. and discover who she is and what her identity is. And that I think was a really great way to approach what these changes that culturally need to happen. But then we have things like the Cleveland show where they just said, yeah, we're just going to keep him doing being Cleveland. Everybody's okay with it.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's a complicated issue, but it was definitely one that I wanted to, to dive yeah. into. And I do respect the way that Kevin Feige came out and was very honest about it because mm. that was a dialogue that, like, maybe we had, like, a little bit back in the day but mm. never came back up. And for him to come out and just say, like, this is where we are. We can do better. Like, We need to keep doing better. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff I you love to hear,
0: it, right? Yeah, you do. I mean, I, well, I wish you would have. And I know that Based on plot conceit It's not real But what they did To the Mandarin Was just Yeah Upsetting uh, <laughs> Yeah I get, I get it for the plot But like Hot damn That was a But bad. we don't
1: know What's about to happen With the Oh Shang no no chi- I, yeah. I
0: can't wait For the Legend of the Ten Rings yeah. Like that's a whole Different thing That's actually a thing yeah. what we got with a fucking dynamite actor just like playing an idiot character that turns out not to be the mandarin and then the other guy who yeah i was i still I was, a lot of problems I, with that movie. With I don't of that.
1: care i still love iron man 3 uh it's the most
2: worst
0: iron man okay movie. first off every
1: christmas <laughs> i will watch iron man 3 i'm sorry are there so, any other
0: Marvel Christmas movies? There aren't, are there? <laughs> so I have
1: a couple of uh, final items to kind of round, round out the news this week. Uh, first off, there was an Overwatch Two PvP preview video that was released, yeah. and while most of it centered around the maps and how the game looks and feels, uh, so I'm not going to bore you with that. One of the big changes that was announced that the game is going to be moving from a six v six or six player versus six player format to five v five with only one tank allowed per team. Good.
0: Yeah, this is a marvelous change. It will. This fundamentally changes. Definitely streamline the, the way the game is.
1: This played. changes the entire way the game is played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will
2: speed things up. You won't have these
1: annoying corner
2: battles where you have to wait for everybody to group up so we can all push around this one thing to. I mean, so you're still going to have it to the degree, but because yeah. you, but you're going to have these, we're no longer barrier battles where it's just two walls going against each other. You're like, cool. Thanks. Hector mace. and I watched
1: the game play today while they were mm-hmm. playing. It, and obviously they didn't have like the Overwatch League people playing, but it felt a little more death matchy than it yes. did like hide behind corners.
0: Yeah. It definitely went going back to their shooter roots with this yeah. one. Uh, yeah lots of uh, lots of interesting peeking, lots of like pushing forward, always fighting, not just like setting up and putting your barriers down and like once one person sneaking around the side there, there was there was some there was some really good coordination going on just in general and it made a few characters that usually aren't useful except in very niche situations like much better
2: yeah yeah i I'm looking forward to just the interesting changes that are coming with this, mm-hmm. mostly because I feel that, while I do love Overwatch, mm. I feel it is kind of stagnant because of the the defense bubbles mm. and the, the all the there's so much the tankiness of it makes me feel like a game takes too fucking long for me to kill things and it's right. it too laggy and I get bored mm. or, or it just it unless you give very good teamwork you're generally gonna have just everything's gonna fall apart and yeah, this yeah. will kind of fix that issue I believe. Okay. And also giving everybody cooler powers is awesome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And finally, AT&T has announced they are working on a deal to combine Warner Media's entertainment, sports, and news businesses with rival company Discovery to create a, quote, premier standalone global entertainment company. This is a $43 uh, billion deal that includes Warner Brothers gaming division and streaming services like HBO Max.
2: Yeah, AT&T wants the fuck out of that game because they um, realize it's probably going to be a bad investment because they're kind of like, it's too confusing so they're just going to give it off
1: to discovery it kind of feels like
0: it feels like you're trading one monopoly for yeah. another kind of it is yeah. but at
1: the same time there's been a lot of argument that that since warner has taken over a lot of like the dc stuff mm-hmm. they've been stagnating they've been having problems like producing good content i mean at um, taking over or, or sorry at taking over uh the the warner brother stuff they've been stagnating they've been having problems with content mm-hmm. um that they haven't Nearly been doing, the ha- haven't, CC haven't, Comics. right? Haven't been doing right by the license, and they're yeah. saying, "All right, give it to this other company and give them a shot. Maybe we'll like you know pump some positive vibes." A into
0: man, it. I <laughs> hope so. I mean, Discovery is well, you know, it's it's no
2: longer where it started as the cable right. channel. Right, it, it, Discovery now I I
0: used empire. to be like National Geographic, <laughs> like actually doing nature and science and space. But they're
1: a global, like yeah uh telecompany
0: yeah discovery now is a lot of you know aliens and ghosts right and and secret and part of alien multiple, nazi ghosts
2: multi-channel conglomerate yeah yeah channels, discovery isn't uh, just that channel like right. they, they no, no, own I, so I, I much i know
0: that they have a whole conglomerate i'm talking about the quality of the content they put out on oh, the yeah. individual
2: discovery yeah
0: or just yeah. in general so i mean they what i'm trying to describe is that the company as a whole seems like a trend chaser and that was common denominator. Yeah. Or like I just, one thing is popular, you know, like we have strange love and then we have all of the shows based on that for like mm-hmm. the next five years. And they just, yeah, I, I hope they don't do that with with all of this yeah. is what I'm saying.
1: There's a lot of possibility here. It's a really big fucking deal. Like, um, in fact, from what I understand, I heard it on NPR the other day, the $43 billion deal that were, that AT&T is, proposing to discovery is only a fraction uh, i want to say it was about half actually of what um at&t bought warner brothers for mm-hmm. yeah they, they, they want to get they, the fuck out they, of this. they they bought warner brothers didn't know what to do with it and they're just like okay somebody else take it because this is before, costing us a lot of money
0: before we lose was, any more money <laughs> yeah. on batman how are we losing money on batman i mean the you, you make a joke a about that idea. but that's the thing they really did. They jumped in thinking it was a good
2: idea to yeah. get this Yeah, no loses money on Batman. Yeah. And then they realized they didn't have anybody to oversee all of the thing they just bought yeah. on an individual level for every individual thing they just bought. They're like, yeah. oh, fuck, we have no idea what the fuck we're doing with any of this. We make phone calls. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: completely agree.
2: And it, now, I, I'm happy that it's going to make maybe another... Uh, entertainment company. Yeah, at least a studio a, with the
0: staff that at least knows what these things are and how to move them around. Right? Yeah, yeah.
2: Where it can be where these licenses can possibly be handled a little bit mm. better. Um, I don't think there's going to be too much of a shakeup at the top for a lot of the studio stuff. That's just going to be We're not going to see anything.
1: So honestly, this is breaking news as of this week, which means we are not going to see anything from this deal if it Mm -hmm. fully goes through for the next couple of
0: years. Yeah. And even if we did, I mean, I was with Whole Foods when Amazon bought Whole Foods and nothing around me changed. I'm sure a lot of stuff at the top changed and like... There were a few different policies passed down, a few different notes, but for the most part what we did day to day didn't
1: change. You know what my fucking opinion about this was? I looked at this and went, huh. I know that I have been I didn't want to buy the Discovery Plus app, but they have all the food network shows. Now that they're bought by, you know, now that this is happening. Yeah. Maybe all the Food maybe Network shows Wendell. will just show up on what I've already got, and I can yeah, like they'll watch. They'll
2: just be on HBO Max, and now you've and got all the Food shows. That's fine. Oh, I don't know if they're gonna put.
1: The now, maybe not on HBO Max, on HBO. but they'll probably have like a, a, just an app that is all the things. <laughs>
2: Let's just sully because, this brand. Because that real that quick. is
1: the thing that's been happening. At this
2: point, everything is so confusing.
1: The, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of the the higher ups in the entertainment industry are saying this is a good thing because what you have is, a separate separate mm-hmm. companies that have several different apps yeah. and what they can do is they can essentially become a hulu where you get things like hbo you get things like the food network all mm-hmm. these things that are not on the other apps and that makes an app that people want to invest it's in. like a cable
2: True. package that people specifically want because they have all the crap that only that one group of people yes want. exactly like, it's very tart mark target marketing of the corporate entities. Yes. It's yes. a way for
0: them to survive when everyone cancels their cable package, which is at the most like five, ten years away. Exactly. At the very most.
1: All right. That's everything that we have for the news this week. Stick around on the other side. We're going to be heading into the boss room. Boss room. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is the boss room, our main discussion for the show. Sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. This week was my birthday, so I decided to hijack the boss room to talk about something that I love, which is Castlevania. So specifically, I wanted to deep dive into the Netflix Castlevania series, which uh, this last week aired its final season. Now, I don't want to get too deep into spoilers for the last season, but at the same time, I do want to put a little bit of a spoiler warning up there, you know, just in case. So, a little history before we begin. Back in 2006 to 2007, Warren Ellis created the script for an 80-minute animated feature for Castlevania. He actually worked specifically with Koji Igarashi, who was the head of Castlevania games at Konami at the time. They actually talked about a trilogy that would encompass the whole of the Castlevania 3 storyline, but each movie would be its own story start to finish. Which then brings us to the first season of Castlevania in 2017. According to sources, the reason the first season of Castlevania is so short is that it represented roughly the original script that Warren Ellis had had made back when it was supposed to be a direct-to-video movie. Now, that being said, it makes sense
2: because that really did
1: feel like it's like four episodes. You watch the whole thing, you're like, I just watched a movie. Yeah. (laughs) And I honestly don't think that anybody could have anticipated how popular those four episodes would have become. What do y'all think?
0: Yeah. I mean, I started watching it with absolutely no expectation. like, Fucking Netflix anime? What is this shit? Like, what am I. So, first of all, Netflix had uh, bought and released a couple of really good anime so far. Um, just because of their source material, but this was, like, from an American creator. Yep, powerhouse and, like, right here in Austin. Yeah, and, like, the animation was uh, very different from most of the anime that I had been watching, especially the Netflix stuff, which uh, which had gone with kind of a 3D thing at the time, and I'm glad they stopped doing that. But anyway, yeah, I, was, I wasn't expecting much. I was hoping it would be cool and have some cool Castlevania stuff in it, but I was honestly like, oh, this might be kind of lame, let's turn it on. Mm-hmm. Then like 2 hours later I'm like fuck where's more of this.
2: Yeah, the first season really hooked me and uh, I I had one complaint and unfortunately even though I have yet to finish watching the the final season mm-hmm. um, I do believe this is actually going to be the worst Castlevania adaptation. There is no wall chicken.
1: <laughs> there is no wall chicken. There's no wall chicken,
2: <laughs> so therefore this is the worst Your video standards gone. are so high. Yes. You're like there there's must- no wall chicken. Well, the, I, there was a sh- like I, I specifically just wanted one shot of like a chicken, like a live chicken, just like breaking through a wall or something. No, <laughs> and I'm like that would count, but like there's not a single
1: fucking nobody broke a wall and it, found a piece of chicken inside of it, or a chicken there.
2: jumped through a wall. <laughs> Nothing close enough to that happened, so therefore it is not a Castlevania <laughs> show. It it's just take... a pretty vampires with whips.
0: To be fair, it would take an entire subpage of the Wikipedia article to list all of the Castlevania Easter eggs in this Castlevania show. That is true. There's a ton. I'm talking items, locations, um, just actions performed by characters. It's all taken from games. It's all in there but I don't think I ever saw anyone break a wall and find an actual Turkey dinner. You no, know, that right. did not happen. Yep. That is the and one thing I wanted. A, it would have been a pretty <laughs> funny gag.
1: I the thing that surprised me the most about this is that, um, I, I am a hardcore Castlevania fan. Obviously there's ink on my body, literally from Castlevania. Um, it was so cool. Cause we talk about people being like, so like exclusive about their fandoms, right. Mm. Like, and how horrible that could be. Um, I remember watching the first season of Castlevania and all of these people, um, that had never played a Castlevania game. Um, Posting about how much they were enjoying it. Yeah. And I got so excited. Like there was just, like this little kid part of me that was just like, yay, you guys are like liking the thing that I like. And it was so like a joyous moment for me. He's was like, oh, you want to talk about Castlevania? Yes, can we? I will talk about Castlevania for hours. Let's just fucking do it. Yep. And like to the point where I was the most obnoxious person on the planet. Um, but I was just so happy to see so many people that had never um loved the 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 games come into it and say, like, man, I'm really kind of curious. There's, like, a really good story here. And I'm like, okay, first off, the games that it's based on did not have that story. Yeah. <laughs> they brought that to the table.
0: Who what is a man? <laughs>
1: um, now, that being said, I mean, like, the series does take a lot of liberties with the source material, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because it comes from a Nintendo game that had hardly any plot. And also, it, it, the other part of it takes place from a PS2-era game about a Castlevania character that nobody knew about called Hector. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of changes that were made to the story. Uh, there was things like dropping the pirate character of grant dynasty, uh, because, uh, Warren Ellis wasn't a fan of the character's name. And also he had a very limited Dude time. He had, he had a limited time with the first script. Right. So he was like, if I had to cut something pirates got to go. Um, And and even whole character changes Uh, The character of Isaac that people see in the show Is completely different In the original version of uh, Curse of Darkness He's essentially a white, hot topic reject He's like Super goth Yeah, he's super goth He has no shirt He's got leather pants, red hair Like super vampire Very much just like, fuck you, Hector Like, you know, how dare you defy Dracula um, whereas we got this very different version that, that's a monk that's much more reflective. Mm-hmm. A character that actually, a lot of fans fell in love with the character of Isaac as yeah. they were watching. I it.
0: I, I, did, I don't remember Isaac from uh, Curse of Darkness very much at all. But this Isaac, I loved. I thought he was cool as hell.
1: Yeah. So y'all are pretty much uh, unfamiliar with the Castlevania lore. So just like even on a base level, thinking about just the main characters, how did you feel about them?
0: Oh, man.
2: I really, uh, so whenever I look at Castlevania as a series, I have the, I got, uh, I got a, 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 like a mage, a hunter dude, and a vampire. They're really cool. They're, they're, they're the Warren Ellis characters and the dialogue is great with them. And I love there's that. And then I've got vampire hunter D with space politics, vampire shit that is confusing as fuck going along in the other part of the plot line. <laughs> and I don't like. I it's two worlds that I like, but I sometimes don't mix well. With so you're them talking games, so.
1: specifically about the like season two, season three, like Carmilla, her sisters, yeah, the their world takeover kind of arc.
2: Yeah, the mm. the sp- space vampire politics. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> definitely a vampire
1: hunter D storyline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is
2: like this is just vampire hunter D. Why is this in Castlevania? Yeah.
0: So because I've played a lot of Castlevania games, but mostly early ones. Like I didn't play much after like the GBA games, right? Mm. Like like. Very little on the PlayStation Two. I did play the Konami ones. I thought they were pretty good, but I mean, they're shit for Castlevania lore. Um,
1: Are the three D ones?
0: Yeah. The well, yeah, the the like Kojima ones in okay. air quotes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, the the uh, so I don't know much about Richter as a character because in the games he's just a guy walking through a castle or well, this a is Trevor. Trevor, I mean. Yeah. Don't know much about like I don't know if he was always sarcastic. He was,
1: um, he, was an, he was literally a Nintendo character. Okay. He had no dialogue.
0: Okay, right. So there's that, right. So I love the way they characterized him. I thought it brought a lot to the show. <laughs> they literally gave, they him gave him a lot of character. character. <laughs> Alucard, no Alucard, the character I'm by far the most familiar with because I've beaten Symphony of the Night probably I think by last count 37 times. Yeah. And I, I fucking love that game.
1: It is my once a year game. I will always pick up and play Symphony of the Night once a year.
0: Alucard, the character in this show, was perfect. Like, now,
1: now, mind you, they based the character of Alucard in the show mm-hmm. on his Symphony of the Night counterpart. Mm-hmm. Because in in his Nintendo incarnation, he had short hair. Right. He didn't really say much. He could just turn into yeah. a bat and throw fireballs. That's what yeah. he could do.
0: And, but I knew, I knew, like, from the moment I saw him, I'm like, that's fucking Symphony of the Night Alucard. Yeah. Like, immediately. From his clothes and, like, his voice was perfect. The way he moved was perfect. Mm -hmm. The way he fought was just perfect. It's like, that's that vampiric elegance to him. Mm -hmm. And, but the the thing about the three characters that I'll say is that you got everything you wanted because when playing a Castlevania game from the 3D ones to the Kojima ones in air quotes, even back to the beginning, playing as a Belmont means you're, you know, doing whip shit and man, does Trevor do some cool whip shit. It was amazing. If you're in like some of the GBA games or maybe some of the later like SNES games where you can actually do magic and shit, all the magic stuff was there. You have like cool ice stuff, cool fire stuff that mm-hmm. people are doing. All the magic looks correct for the series, which I very much appreciated. Yeah. And with Alucard, you got just Alucard being badass. So mm-hmm. yeah, everything, the characters felt like themselves and all of the action felt very Castlevania, yeah. down to like every enemy they fought.
2: Yep. I really like the world building just the create an understanding how the world exists. And I think that that's something that maybe came from the original like film treatment idea where they're trying to develop the world within Mm -hmm. these three smaller stories.
0: It is. And I don't know if you have a a a question or about this later, but uh, the thing about this is they had a lot of world building to do, right? Like I said, most of the games are just dude in castle or dude in town, go to castle, kill Dracula. Yeah. Or go to town, figure out what curse is, figure out curse. Oh, there's a castle. Go to castle, kill Dracula. Right. Like they, oh, they, turns out to be yeah, yeah, yeah. These, these <laughs> the are plot the line of Castle. These are the plots <laughs> of Castlevania games. So they do this thing with the very first episode, and I think this is what hooked most people. Is they spend like the first 20 minutes of a 30 minute episode of the very first episode just on Dracula. Yeah. Just doing Dracula, mm-hmm. and you get to see Dracula pop the fuck off, and you're like, Oh, yeah, we can't, we can't have him around. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's. That, that's Raining not going Raining blood fly. and
2: demons everywhere is probably not Literally turning yeah.
0: yourself into a fiery meteor <laughs> and falling down on a town while but speaking then taking like the t- God is kind of scary. So, so
1: up until... Uh, I apologize if I get a little too Castlevania historian on you guys. Um, up until the point of Symphony of the Night, the character of Dracula was literally a boss that you went and, and fought. Mm-hmm. In Symphony of the Night, you played the character of Alucard, which mm-hmm. is Dracula's son, and you went and had to kill your father. And at the very end of it, there's a dialogue... Um, that's about why he turned on humanity and it mm. was because they burned his wife at the stake that mm-hmm. this has become the plot point is why Dracula yep. was so evil. There's for his
0: a, yep, There's a really amazing and weirdly touching scene in this 2D platformer yeah. where you do see your you, mother being yep. fucking like burned at the stake and it's horrifying and awesome.
1: Yep. And she actually fun. says no matter what humans do, do not blame them because they do not know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... He carries, Alucard as a character carries that, um, you know, with him into his final confrontation with his father. Um, and there's so much of, yes, the game is actually based around Castlevania three and Castlevania um, Curse of Darkness. But the character of Alucard was very, very much rooted in the character from Symphony of the Night and, and him trying to come to terms with who he is as a person. I don't know. Just, I love everything about it.
0: Yeah, it was great. The, 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 there's a lot about the character in Symphony of the Night that you get through, like, little subtle dialogue, and there's not a ton of dialogue in that game. Yep. But what there is always feels well done. Alucard was always, like, a little bit lonely and a little mm-hmm. bit sad. But, you know, just fucking taking care of business, because he can, because he's a badass vampire who can, like, stand out in the sunlight, which is super cool. Yep. Um, he, and, yeah, all the characterization to him was just fucking just chef's kiss. Mwah. Mm.
1: Absolutely. And I do, before we switch out of this question, I do want to say that, yeah, uh, to your earlier points, the them spending so much time on humanizing Dracula, I felt was such an important element
0: of oh, the Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Because, I mean, we, we get to the point where, like, Dracula's doing his big, angry Dracula shit to the town underneath the castle, and I'm like, I don't super blame him. Yeah. I'm... i'm, I'm well, yeah, for, you're empathizing with I'm the okay villain okay more with an anti-hero. I'm yeah. bit, yeah. Yeah. So... you kill that town. In yeah, two the Honestly,
2: Dracula did a lot of good yeah. for the the area that he shows up
1: in. I mean, to be fair, like when they were talking about like Lisa's um, de- death, mm-hmm. they were like, the reason she got burned at the stake is she was practicing science. Yeah, that's, literally, yeah. she was
0: literally like healing people with yeah. medicine. She was like, like this oh, is, you're definitely this is, a witch.
1: This is penicillin. And the church was like, that's penicillin. Burn her at the stake.
2: Yep. Like I don't have a problem with a vampire being like, "Okay, well, y'all are dumb, so I'm just going to kill all of you so we stop this." Yeah. And then we're going to go back to the science part.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so in 2007, Paul W.S. Anderson was announced to be doing a live-action Castlevania uh, movie. Mm. And later he was replaced as a director with James Wan. Now, obviously none of these live-action movies came to pass. Looking at the that animated series, <laughs> right? Looking at the animated series, do you think that it worked better in animation? Um, rather than it being live action.
0: Oh, 100% animation. I mean, there's there's something to be said for like live action, but, well, when you say the word action, you just don't get nearly what you get in animation with live action. You just don't, unless it's all CG'd to shit and it doesn't really look great. Right. When you think about the length and breadth of the type of things that they fought in this series, mm-hmm. there's not enough CG budget in the world for that. Mm-hmm. Like, if I had access all, to
2: the... Volume, mm-hmm. which is the bubble still. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I had access to that and the pre-production, yeah, I would love a live-action Castlevania, and it would totally be doable with this script and with it would be with this idea, mm-hmm. and it could be done for a relatively lower budget if I had access to that thing, which costs a
0: lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Unfortunately, there's only a couple of them, and Disney has them. Yep. <laughs> so until everybody else can make kind of make their own. We're not going to get a really cool something like this. Like, Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed this Castlevania, but it does suffer from the problem that I have with anime. It's, Mm -hmm. yeah, you can emote in your dialogue as much as you want, but whenever your character just slightly wiggles his eye to show that he's upset, I get zero fucking... character feel like I'm not gonna identify with your character because I'm not going to identify with its emotions because you're never going to be able to draw them Mm -hmm. in a way that makes me feel like I'm actually going to Care okay the closest I've gotten is the CGI characters from like Pixar Mm -hmm. and we ain't got that kind of budget for making (laughs) house. I mean,
1: mean, now personally, now again, these are all opinions. So, Mm -hmm. so personally, while I disagree, I feel like, um, I got so much out of the, let's talk about the main three, right? Right. Let's talk about Alucard, Saifa and and Trevor. I got so much from their voice work. I got so much from their animation. Mm -hmm. There was so much, especially in the later seasons where Saifa and Trevor's relationship felt so natural. Um, and I'm using big air quotes around that, but like Mm -hmm. it, there was a way that they bantered with each other that was like endearing and cute. And it was something that I, I looked at. I was like, I would love that in a partner. Yeah. Like one who was like willing to kind of talk shit about me a little bit, but like be cute about it. Like mm-hmm. not in a, in a negative way, just in that, like, yeah, you can be an asshole sometimes, yeah. but I love you anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I respected yeah, I that.
2: that. I love the relationships between them. And that's the credit to the, this, the dialogue being written yeah. and the actors did a great job when it comes to the animation side of it. I just,
1: sure. I get animation it. Lo- loses that, 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 that doesn't work for you. Uh, Hector, what did you think about it? I mean,
0: I, I'm, I'm a sucker for animation and animation can always move me. I mean, I, 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 I've, I still cry at a lot of the animated movies I watched that I've seen a hundred times, yeah. you know? So that, that, yeah, that was, <laughs> fuck problem. you cowboy bebop. <laughs> exactly. I mean, fucking, yeah. <sighs> cowboy bebop soon
2: on Netflix. Yeah.
0: The um the the thing about the animation and just a, and this is a spoiler for like a three year old season at this point I think but uh, at the end of season two like we end with Alucard just like tired and done and he walks into his bedroom and he just sits down and he just fucking cries mm-hmm. because of like everything that's just happened to him and that fucking got me man yeah because like this isn't a character who does that and he's like just fucking. And he he doesn't let his emotions out. He's so stoic, and you can tell that there's so much under the surface. And he just goes and sits down privately and. Fucking, this show like, became like the "Let's Break
1: Alucard" show over yeah. three seasons. Let's just fucking break him.
0: Yeah, and they did. They really did. And what does it mean to like break an immortal person? But like, he really did. A, a character like that really did grow. Yeah. Over the course of you know four very short seasons of animation. Well, you had which somebody that, that had add. this
1: very kind of like stoic, like typical masculinity to them mm-hmm. and then found them breaking throughout the course of the, of the show. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he, he let other people into his life. He opened his heart up to other people. He got hurt because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, a man who turned himself off emotionally from the world mm-hmm. um, found himself crying because he knew he had to do what was right which was kill his father mm-hmm. but he didn't oh, want to do it
2: that fight was so good oh yeah yeah like, that, honestly that's one of the things I did want to bring up was the how much I loved this this story that developed during that fight sequence yeah. and how well it was done I just I fucking loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: A lot of the action was, was absolutely incredible. So, so
1: Hector, to mm-hmm. go back to the question, do you think that it works better in animated form than live action?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't have a lot of trust in live action for stuff like this, unless I know exactly who's making it and how much they love it. Because before that, all I see is like Uwe Boll movies. Mm-hmm. Like what about Mortal over Kombat and over have again. Have you seen that? Well, now that I've seen Mortal Kombat, that movie had an actual budget and Mm -hmm. actual actors and actual things happening. They didn't treat it like a video game movie. Mm -hmm. And if they do that with Castlevania, they've got their fucking work cut out for them.
1: So that's an excellent point that you bring up, Hector. And you haven't even read this part of the script. I was literally writing this part of the script like as you walked into my apartment today. (laughs) According to the creators of Powerhouse Animation, they said, quote, The way that we always tried to approach Castlevania is not to make a video game adaptation that was just for Castlevania fans Mm -hmm. or video game fans. The idea was to take the stories, the characters, the war, the feelings, the environments, and what have you, and adapt that into media. In this case, an animated series that would appeal to and well beyond the game. You wouldn't have to play the game to watch the show, to understand the show, or yeah, you wouldn't have to play the game, to watch the show, to understand the show, and to appreciate the show. Mm -hmm. They said, I think that starts with great characters and a great story. The storytelling is not trying to go out of its way to scream at you, this is a video game adaptation. Mm -hmm. It is taking the bones of what is there, and what happens to be within the part of Castlevania is really great bones to work with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Do you
1: think they were successful?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the, when I was talking earlier about the, the video game Easter eggs, they were all very subtle. I mean, you got to go to like new rock stars and find a video where they're like, oh, hey, here's this in the background on the shelf. Oh, here, here's this in the corner, you know, under some rubble. It's not chicken. No. Oh, hey, over here, here's the... <laughs> you know, and I remember watching, um, just did this last I season. just to, in the oh, yeah. to see if there was chicken. I actually did pause <laughs> and multiple was
2: like,
1: is there no, no." Fuck I me. was, I was doing a bunch of research <laughs> yeah. on, on the animated series, uh, just before this. Cause I wanted to get as much cool facts in there as I could. Mm-hmm. And I was reading with, uh, Samuel Dietz, who's one of the, the lead guys that mm-hmm. worked on this. And he was like, yeah, you know, we put the shield, rod shield rod from symphony of the night in season three. And I don't think anybody noticed. No one
0: did.
1: <laughs> And it was like, it, it's back there. Like the most powerful weapon of all of Castlevania. If Alucard got his hands on that, he would just fuck everybody up. Oh, yeah. But there it is just sitting on a shelf. Nobody noticed.
0: It's back there. Yep. He should probably get it. He's yep. got the good shield for it. Yep. He carries the right shield for that rock. <laughs> yeah. well, that's what
2: happens when you botch your fucking investigation rolls. <laughs>
0: there's, a scene in the, well, uh, there's a scene in this latest season where for whatever reason, related or not to the plot, Trevor is just digging through a pile of treasure. It's just like coins and a bunch of shit on the ground. And it's in the background. Dialogue is happening in front oh, yeah, he's and back is, there. of course. And he's back there just digging through stuff. And every once in a while he'll grab something and hold it up and consider it and then toss it and these are literally just icons of weapons from symphony of the night yeah he's pulling out of this thing it's like here's a big red sword with a blue handle i That's know that junk. weapon here he, he, yeah and then just chucks it it's like oh here's a weird shield and it's chucks it oh here's a fucking like you all know. all these magic items here's just... a weird mace that glows from the top in a star pattern i know that weapon chucks it yep. and, yeah and then he digs something out and he's like Oh, I want this, and it's not a Symphony of the Night weapon. It's an older Castlevania. weapon. It's the fucking boomerang that Belmont used. It's
1: the fucking cross boomerang, and he's like,
0: "This one." And you're like, "Well, fuck." I guess that that it is the good one. That that's how you that's how you two cycle Dracula and for the speed run. You need the cross weapon
1: yeah so do you think they were successful tony in, in taking a video game and translating it oh, to yeah no form? totally
2: and I'm, I'm i'm gonna go with the because of the way it was originally envisioned hmm. getting the video game create or one of the creators slash right i don't remember his name else, yeah. um, um, having the uh, the two of them come together and work on existing Castlevania stories are like, hey, we both know these games. Yeah. Let's work on where we can get the story So, so yeah, the way in a worked logical place. Was that... Um, We're uh,
1: making up new shit. Yeah. <laughs> so Ellis wrote the original script, the original 80-minute treatment. Mm. And then he went to Igarashi and said, all right, mm. does this work? And Igarashi, being the lord of Castlevania, said, this works, this works, this doesn't, yeah. and we'll go from there. And that's what he did. Is he got all the approval for every step of the way for that. Yeah,
2: and, it, and whenever I look at it's this weird mix where you kind of have to have this East meets West because that's what Castlevania is. Mm -hmm. And that's why this works. It was done. It's an anime done by a Western studio and done that looks and acts just like an anime that would come from Japan. Mm -hmm. And it's the way Castlevania has to be. It is such a weird mix of East and West Mm -hmm. that the animation has to be that way as well. Yeah. And I think that's, it, it's definitely for its its uh, benefits mm-hmm. and I do want a live action one, but that again, that's more of the, I would like a live action one, much like I want a, wanted a uh, mortal combat. I want it to be done to that level of care. And I feel like this was, but on an animation level. Yeah. yeah. I just, it's just, it's like same, same, not same.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And there is a lot to be said about what you could accomplish with a well-made live action Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Again, series, not movie. Yeah. Uh, that's just... It, 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 I feel like a movie made out of something like this is just a deep hole to get lost in yeah. because you got two hours, you know? Okay. So Castlevania deals... Like the
2: character interaction. I want that. I still
1: want that same...
2: Yeah. The, I, I want the three of them fucking doing their being silly yeah. trapped in a
1: library. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> Again, you have not read this script, but you've led right into it because the Castlevania animated series does deal with some really heavy material through its four season run, but there's a lot of levity to the show. I mean, they even use modern slang in some places. Do you think that these things hurt or helped the show
2: i mean they're not being you know, like the, using modern slang mm-hmm. is different it depends it's going on case by okay, case. okay so basis. so to be fair I, like
1: tony you haven't watched all of season four no there's one very specific modern slang they use in like season four and i was like oh that stood out
2: yeah well there's like a line in fucking like destiny where he goes later haters and it's like no one has literally said that in ever yeah. so stop yeah no, bad. But, but what bad we're talking year. about it is a it's very, just, very... Don't use slang in fantasy sure. slash future stuff. But <laughs>
1: we've, we've got this series that's very, very serious with its core start to finish. And there is a lot of jokes. There's a lot yeah. of humor.
0: A lot of jokes. Well,
1: do you think that that works to its benefit, though? It has to.
2: I mean, it definitely works to its benefit, but it has to have that amount of level, levity because you're dealing with The horrible atrocities of religion on small villages and uh, these corporate entities that have this uh, massive power and armies to do whatever the fuck they want to the municipalities that they'd randomly show up in. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the show is talking about bigger things, Mm -hmm. so you have to have that individual, like,
1: fun character level. Sometimes you have to kick somebody in
0: the nuts. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Right. So we learned a lot, especially in 2020, about how we react to shows that are oppressively dark. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is pre-2020, pre-COVID and all that. But they were right when they added jokes into this because the animation does not shy away from the gore. Mm -hmm. I mean, anytime you watch anyone fight anything, someone's getting a limb ripped off and beaten with it. Mm -hmm. Someone's getting their knee caved in backward or their neck bone like snapped through their neck through the front. Someone's going to explode and someone's going to get an icicle through the eyeball. Like have people
1: transform into creatures. literally has a threesome that ends in murder. Yeah,
0: and then he I don't stakes know about your them. And put them on... always end in murder. And then he <laughs> stakes them, Caligula style, and puts them on his front lawn because yeah. that's how that works. And we get to see all that. Man,
2: I don't know what kind of threesomes y'all are having, but that is exactly what you're supposed to do.
0: You should meet Alucard <laughs> Yeah. But so anyway, so yeah, the the, the the violence can be very very violent and horrible. I mean, you watch demons like rip children's faces off. Like this mm-hmm. show does not shy away from anything so every once in a while you really need someone to crack a joke and it never feels hokey in the way that i don't know like the way the marvel movies can feel when you watch too many of them in a row and it's like oh there's a joke coming oh there it was i gotta oh, have it's aside. gone now it's the right
2: it's a, the theater aside i'm gonna say a snarky line right because
0: a snarky line yeah. fits in the script that's not how this worked things were funny because people were fucking pissed off and tired <laughs> And people it, it does feel like
1: th- that, that some of Trevor's humor mm-hmm. is because of his darkness. It is. Hmm.
0: It absolutely That's is. It. He, I mean, someone at, at the very first episode, someone comes and bother him, bothers him and like asks him if he's a Belmont or something. And he's like, Oh, fuck not this again Mm. and you know and then it starts a a yeah (laughs) and then it starts a bar fight i mean his swearing literally rubs off on the other two characters over the course of the show and that is wonderful because you know that that's how that would work in real life event at first they're all like why do you talk like that watch your mouth and then by the end of it they're like fuck shit damn cock ass (laughs)
1: yeah i absolutely love it everywhere yeah, I think you I, you I think
2: so many fucking demons after a while, you just start getting, you got curse. You yeah, start
1: honestly, like it's one of those things that I never felt that the humor or even the modern slang that they use very rarely, but they do use it. Um, took me out of the experience. Mm. I felt that I actually did need those moments of levity. You yeah. know, you're talking about an army that they're fighting of yeah. demons, and the, these three heroes that are just exhausted, mm-hmm. just trying to like save other people. Like yeah. they don't give a shit about themselves.
0: They just care about the 20 people in this village they're trying to fucking save. And like, and like they never do it perfectly. Yeah. Civilians die constantly. Yeah. They're just trying to save as many as they can. A and I'll are tell just you,
2: describing fucking <laughs> Age of Ultron and all of the heroes in this stupid yeah. snarky conversation Comments and that, like, the, and I love that we as a society can keep embracing the fact we were basically watching the same iterations of the same things over and over again. <laughs>
0: right. The, the I'll tell you one thing about all four seasons of Castlevania, which is a hard thing to say about any anime I've ever watched and, and might be exclusive to this one, but I never cringed at a joke. Mm. the entire time I didn't laugh at all of them they weren't all like rolling on the floor funny but I never saw one and went what the fuck who wrote that right like it was just like oh yeah usually they were funny the lines felt like
1: natural for the character they
0: did they all felt very natural and they they felt like they were bantering with each other because like what else do you do when there's all this murder that you have to commit right now yeah
1: And let's be perfectly honest here. Trevor and Sypha are relationship goals. Oh, yes. Absolutely relationship goals.
0: The the ship I want to get on. Yeah, exactly.
1: So as we start to wind the show down, um, just real quick, is there anything about the series that you loved in particular?
0: I loved Dracula. Yeah, no, Dracula is is
2: my favorite character. Dracula Dracula is the best character the entire thing.
0: Like, like, there's no way to say, there's no way to say that he was right about anything. This isn't like a Thanos thing, or you know, like, like a, like, oh, that guy made some good points. Now, he, someone pissed him off, and then he immediately became an evil piece of shit, trying to kill everybody because, well, these things are basically my food. They're pigs who wear shoes. Why do I give a fuck, Hmm. right? And that's just not the way that suffering conscious creatures work he was not right but fuck was he a great character Mm -hmm. every time he spoke i was like i i would like to listen to more of what you have to say so
1: i want you to no spoilers Mm -hmm. just general opinion how do you feel about dracula at the end no spoilers right No no spoilers. yeah yeah yeah.
0: No, no spoilers whatsoever i loved the ending i loved the way that it felt and i felt like Like, if they were, like, because we knew for a fact that it was the last season, I thought it worked far better than knowing the show might go on. Far, far better.
1: Uh, I think for me, so I'm a little biased. Mm -hmm. A little bit biased. Um, One of the reasons I have my Castlevania tattoo is. Um, years and years and years ago when I was a much younger me, um, a very wonderful person dressed me up as Alucard Mm -hmm. and I won a cosplay award for it. I I get no credit for this whatsoever. I did nothing. I literally sat there. She made the costume, dressed me up and I won a cosplay award for playing Alucard. Since then, I have had a very big investment in Alucard as a character. Mm -hmm. Not only because I love Sunday the Night so much, just it's one of those mental connections that one makes. And so I watched um, the Castlevania Netflix series specifically with a focus on Alucard, mm-hmm. I was like, I can't. I, I need to know what's happening with him and what happens. And I feel like he had one of the most transformative character arcs. Yeah, uh, we had tre- we had Trevor who remained Trevor, and that was great. We then had Sypha who evolved a little bit here and there based on the, her surroundings, mm-hmm. and then you had Alucard, who really from start to finish went from cold, uncaring person to where he is in the end. And yeah. I, I'm just like, but I love you. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Mm-hmm. You deserve it. There was a lot of good for you. Yeah.
0: That, 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 like, we, we already talked about it. So, the moment <laughs> when his threesome ends in death, Yeah, and he decides, what do I do with these people? Well, I stake them out on my front lawn so people stop coming to my fucking castle. I was also like, you know what? Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know what? I, I get it. There's a line that broke my heart that he said at some point. Um, where it was like when the fucking world is terrible you and you know you live forever you kind of feel like sleeping through it all the time Mm -hmm. and that's literally where we find him at the beginning of the show is just asleep because he's like well the world went to shit because dad got real fucking pissed off and uh, i don't want to deal with any of this so i'm gonna rest until i don't know the the, civilization changes
1: yeah so now that the story's come to an end, and we know that Warren Ellis will not be working on any more Castlevania due to some things coming to light about him, mm-hmm. how do you feel about the series as a whole, and do you think that they should make more? How do I feel about the Belmont hole? <laughs> how do you feel about the Belmont hole? Sorry, like,
2: hearing that line of dialogue, like, out of the corner of my ear when we were getting ready for he the He did the say show. Belmont
1: hold. Not Belmont it sounded like he said,
2: well, I'm going to go back to the Belmont hole. And I was like, Belmont hole. And it, I can't not giggle about the idea of that sure. now. And it's just been stuck in my head for the last three hours. No. Uh, what was the question again? I didn't so, talk about the Belmont hole. How do you feel
1: about the series as a whole? And do you think they should make uh, yeah. more?
2: The whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- the series, uh, where I am in it, because I haven't finished it yet, is good. Um, with Warren Ellis not being involved... In any additional stuff? Okay. I mean, it kind of felt like he wasn't involved past the beginning idea. Like, he hasn't been involved in the for a while, so I'm not... Yeah, he, he
1: was working on the scripts, but... Oh, he was? Yeah, okay. he oh, was. I was the yeah. thing that in the yeah, past... He was, he was absolutely he working on the scripts.
2: Okay, so I wasn't sure if the last two seasons, if he had been involved or not. Mm-hmm. Um, with... There's other writers. Yeah. There's other stories to tell. Honestly, I think Castlevania needs a fucking shakeup because I, if I have to have another angsty goth fucking vampire story that's the exact. Feels, I know I'm not the Castlevania person. I feel like the, all the stories are the
1: same fucking story.
2: It's a vampire's angry because he woke up for a tantrum for some fucking reason, and his cousin, brother, somebody has to go fucking kill him for I some have some reason.
1: great Castlevania fanfic to loan you at some point. <laughs> I'm
2: good. I just...
1: My own headcanon's
2: probably yeah.
0: just as crazy. <laughs> so, um, yes, I would absolutely love to see more Castlevania from this team. I do really want them to leave a lot of the characters alone. I don't want to show about Trevor... Um, Trevor and Sipha need to Trevor say Trevor and Sypha can go. Yeah. Um, uh, Alocard, I would like to see pop up. I don't think he needs his own series. I don't think we need I that. mean,
1: honestly, Symphony of the Night is a game you can make a whole series about. You really
0: could. You really, really could.
1: And that's Richter and Maria.
0: I feel like he had like a really good arc. And yeah, you're probably right. Uh, Richter and Maria would be a lot of fun. It does feel a little same, same, not same.
1: Except for... Uh, Maria is more of an Alocard love interest, whereas Richter was going to save his wife when he stormed the castle and everything.
0: That's true. So all the yeah. So that would be a really good that that would probably be a great show. I love the idea of making a show about Hector, to promise I'm not biased. Mm -hmm. Show about Isaac would be good or like the pair of them. I feel like this team can do a lot more in this universe and I'd love to see it. Um, I just don't want them to make a season four because they feel like it's popular and they have to. Right. Like if they want to make Castlevania subtitle well, they said by this, not Warren Ellis. Yeah, they, I mean, they said
1: this is the end of this story arc. Mm-hmm. Anything Castlevania going forward will yeah, not yeah, be this. Probably
0: mm-hmm.
2: a, or a colon, what right. the fuck, everything. Yeah. I don't want them to rehash the game stuff again unless mm-hmm. they're going to do it the same way they did this, which mm-hmm. is go, cool, we're going to take like little bits of that and make it better.
1: Which is fantastic you brought that up, Tony, because there's an entire Castlevania game that has never been made before that they've <laughs> hinted at for about 15 games. There's yeah. about 15 games that have hinted towards the War, uh, the Demon War of 1999. It is the final battle against Dracula that was supposed to happen in the year 1999. We have been hinted at through all these games that this is where the big war happened and never got that game
0: that wasn't what the second castlevania game was about was it
1: no the ones that only addressed it were the ones that started on the gba which were the soma okay, games okay. and that was post the demon war because everybody's trying to figure out why did dracula get resurrected yeah, when this was the final war i don't right. want them
2: to do like a, a, i don't want them to do a 1999 version of it because then it's just gonna be fucking vampire hunter d again like why why do i want fucking (laughs) cyberpunk castlevania 1990
0: you lived through 1999 it wasn't very (laughs) cyberpunk vampire (laughs) hunter d takes place like a thousand years in the future it does
1: it does (laughs) all right so that's everything that we have for castlevania like Mm -hmm. seriously we know that the studio behind this by the way um does have the rights to devil may cry So here's my theory that that's what's going to be up next for them. I think that honestly, Devil May Cry is going to be the next thing you're going to be working on. There's
0: a lot of stuff to work with in Devil May Cry, like a lot. And it's just as, it's more ridiculous to be very fair. Mm -hmm. Much more ridiculous in a lot of good ways. Has some characters that could probably use some fleshing out, some growth, some some, some interest other than... Yeah, Trish could probably
1: use to not be just a blonde bombshell it would be
0: great if trish wasn't like a romantic interest that's also a clone of the main character's mom that'd be great yeah yeah we just skipped that um
1: that being said i want to know y'all's thoughts on castlevania i know that we had a lot of fun this episode um tony where can they find us uh
2: goodnight.gg is the website that will forward you over to our patreon page where you can we have our show up there every week um you can i don't know like and subscribe to that shit yeah. uh at G N G G cast extra it's 3 g's mhm cast uh on twitter info at goodnight.gg and then facebook.com/gnggcast uh if you want to do facebook stuff it's mm-hmm. just G and G cast. It's mm-hmm. just way easier to
0: You'll find us. Yeah. Mm.
1: All right, that's everything we have for the show this week. And until next week, everyone, for Tony This is James. For James this is Tony. I'm Hector. Everyone, good night. And good game.